Welcome to the Teach Speech Podcast. Today we're talking about reflective questioning before you begin a next chapter or even as you start your next chapter. The school year officially started this week. I've been back for a couple weeks longer, uh, but Josh, you had your first class. How'd it go? Yeah, so I'll be talking a little bit more later in the show about it, but like you said, you were back. The kids started on Wednesday. I started on Monday. Jordan started kindergarten. Jordan started on, yeah, he started on Thursday. So it was a lot of week of of big first for us and a lot of big feelings. So we'll save that for uh, Josh's SEL corner. But before we dig in, Steph, what are you learning? Well, I haven't read as much as I was reading this summer. I've been a little busy, but I recently read Now is the Way, An Unconventional Approach to Modern Mindfulness by Corey Allen. And this is a book that I certainly needed. It's all focused on meditation, mindfulness, mental clarity, and it's written in a really simplistic, straightforward way. Uh, There's a lot of really great quotes and pieces of advice that I definitely want to revisit because it's a lot to unpack in a very short novel. But I, you know, one thing about Crystal Lake South is a focus and emphasis on mindfulness, mindful Mondays. And so I am excited to continue to try to be present in, in the moment and really to, to embrace the people and the things around me and, and thinking about, you know, the power, one of the the quotes from the book is the wow of now Mm. Yeah. And and I think that's a great mantra to to be embracing as we continue into week two with students. Now that you've gone through your first week of classes, Josh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I think that this first week was a real big learning experience. There's so many different things that I tried to project what it might be like going into this week. And there's two major takeaways that I didn't really predict how that was going to go and the first thing was childcare, you know, that aspect of our life. You were at school. My mom was at school. Our normal babysitter was at work. So that first day was a little difficult and, and it made me a little anxious to uh, get to work. And so I, I, I didn't really prepare myself for what that was going to feel like to have to be kind of wearing two hats at the, in that moment. And so it all went out, turned out great. Uh, so that was really, really good. And the second thing is so silly. It's not going to make any sense, but maybe I can explain it to you, Steph, and you would understand. I've substituted your college class at like the night class. Correct. So that's like a lot, you know, if you don't know, it's a lot of adult learners. Alternative students. Alternative students. Over 25. Over 25, career people, those types of things. And I've also substituted the dual credit summer class. They were babies this They're year. Babies. They were babies. And 16. Yeah. Like just, and, and so... In my mind, I was ready for one of those two polar opposites. Well, wouldn't you know it? I taught a college class, and it was college-age students. 18 to 20, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the day, during a college semester. Yeah. And so it, it sounds so silly um, to look back on that and be surprised in that moment. But that was the thing that just pushed me back, and I just had to kind of catch my breath. Like, yeah, this makes sense, of course. This is going to be great. And it was. But it was just something I wasn't expecting. And so sometimes when things don't go the way you're expecting, you can respond in you know one of two ways. And so the best thing that happened is I just kind of, I recognized that was something I was feeling surprised by in, in that moment. And then I just was able to pick myself up and, and go. And it was, a, it was a great class and a great week. Embrace the now. Yes. So let's get into it, Steph. What does reflective questions look like in the classroom? 
Well, the questioning process is so important. I think that's something we were talking a lot about at the beginning of the summer too, is the power of asking you know, transformative questions and how to get people thinking through those questioning. Well, just like we wanna do with our colleagues, with adults, with our friends, we also wanna embrace that reflective questioning in the classroom. And so first and foremost, we have to ask questions to build knowledge. So I love hearing about everybody's first day activities and those icebreakers and they don't always land, but thinking about questions and pulling out ideas from students I know I did a lot of goal setting and I gave an example of like an academic goal. And then all of a sudden my sophomores, they, they all embraced that goal. And I was like, okay, guys, let's stretch <laughs> that a little bit. So I have to ask a little bit better question and maybe not lead them as much. Uh, but, you know, thinking about what people love, what people are excited about, those positive conversations can help not only, you know, set a, a mindset for academic success, success, but it can also just encourage people to like come out of their shell and show their personality. I love that idea, Steph, of when you're reflecting on the questions you're asking, you know, was that a question that was leading or is that a question that was engaging them to think about what they love? You know, that's, that's amazing. Exactly. And, and it, it is always okay to reframe a question or to ask, ex, you know, expansive questions. And so that's something I definitely was embracing this week. It's also important that we remember that questions create an open space for people. And so I really love Pear Deck. And what I love about Pear Deck is that it elicits anonymous responses and those responses can be shown to the class, but only I know if I look who is saying those questions or those responses. And so that's a really safe space for people to start to you know, unpack you know, their feelings about starting a class or their goals for the semester and then it's really neat when they start to see cross connections and they're able to identify that they're not alone in that process too. Um, open questions are also great for small group activities. And so thinking about like I did in my class, my, my students are a little shyer. I only have 12 students in a class. Mm. So it feels like everybody's on the stage. Yeah. So I started doing the line races where I was asking them to like line up by middle name, line up by age, you know, and do all of those kind of icebreaker activities. And they weren't allowed to talk, but their responses, you know, they started laughing with each other. And it's neat because you see who's the leader in the class, mm -hmm. who is the, you know, the kid that's going to need a little bit of extra coaching to open up a little bit more, participate. Um, and they, I wore them down. You know, I think <laughs> when you think about sophomores, especially sophomore boys, they're too cool for school at first. And, you know, that idea of continuously asking questions and being genuinely interested and sincere and knowing the answers that can create that open space where people will feel more comfortable and will start to open up as well. That small group uh, work is so important. I've already kind of seen just some benefits in my class as we're preparing to move toward public speaking and getting up in front of the class. That first day we had groups and they have now three group, you know, three friends in that group. And then on Wednesday we, we switched to a different group. And so if you can just kind of build your, your tribe and build the people that you're comfortable with in the class, it's, it's going to have a really profound uh, payoff. Absolutely. And another thing that I'm really interested and passionate about is, and this is silly and it's education cliche a little bit, but the Bloom's taxonomy, uh, the little web with all the question words and the stems, I was given that in one of my first years as a teacher and I still hold on to it and I still look at it all the time because those sentence stems, 
like trigger my mind and help me to start producing really great questions. And it's easy to ask like what questions, like what's your favorite color? What's your favorite class? You know, those kinds of things at the beginning. But when, when you want to promote critical thinking and comprehension and application analysis, like that synthesis, we want to reach the top of that pyramid. Mm -hmm. I actually like the Bloom's taxonomy that's in the circle instead of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. But when you want to get to those higher level thinking and those critical thinking skills, like just having something that can guide us helps us to be the guides for others as well. You, the people that know you, they all know that you're such a great listener. And I think that some people don't understand how that that's possible. And I always try to explain and help people understand that you're a good listener because you ask such amazing questions. Oh, our friends know. <laughs> Your sister has used me for this purpose many times over. It's like, you need to grill someone. So please ask them. Let's have dinner and let's ask them yeah. all the questions. And that is one of my favorite things to do. And I love talking to you know new people and, and just getting to know them and, and just really shining a spotlight you know, in a comfortable setting on them uh, and just getting to the, the deeper heart of who they are and what makes them them. You know, another thing is, you know, as teachers and educators, we need to be constantly refining our question asking style. And I think something that I really struggle with is wait time. Yep. It's something I've gotten so much better at. And it's something that I'm constantly working on because when it comes to emotional tone or word choice, those are things that other people can struggle with too. That's not, those aren't really things I typically struggle with. What I struggle with is I'm so excited to get to the answer that I ask questions too fast. And so I'm really working on that. Wait time is so tricky because it's so dynamic with that group setting. Even if you had like three sections back to back to back of a class or something, that's going to be so different because the students are different and, and those types of things. And so I've noticed how much I need to work on that in my own classroom right now too. So uh, yeah, for sure. You know, and then I think again, highlighting word choice, you know, I, I think about like when students are walking into school late and on Friday we were out front and we were playing music and there was a couple kids that were late and we were all trying to laugh and encourage that kid, those kids as they were like running in and literally one kid sprinted. I was like, you go. <laughs> uh, but, you know, instead of saying like, why are you late? It's, you know, rephrasing that, like, I am so excited you're here and reinforcing and cheering them on as they're walking in. I think there's something so powerful about that. So instead of just saying, what's your favorite thing? I, I like asking a question, like, what are you excited about? Mm -hmm. What are you, what captures your attention? And just really emphasizing some of those words to, to get them to truly answer, but also to get them really excited about the answer. Uh, there is a really great, Harvard Business Review uh, article that says good leadership is all about asking good questions and it's by John Hagel and I'm going to post this in the show notes but there's just really great like questions like here's an example of what is a game-changing opportunity that could create value that we haven't had in the past I think when we're thinking about adult teams like really thinking about those challenging questions is is really powerful. And, you know, the second day of school, I was fortunate enough to lead a small group breakout session for the whole staff. And I don't know anybody. Well, I mean, I know my people, but, um, you know, I there's a lot of people that I, I know I should know their name or I feel like I should know their name, but I don't. And my session was on belonging. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I don't even belong here yet. But you know, it really challenged me to start asking some of those questions. And that's what we, 
you know, Kim, my principal and I decided to do is we just had questions and instead of giving them answers, because we didn't, we're both new, we didn't right. have the answers. Right. We just got them excited about, you know, coming up with those answers and finding value in that. We also use Flippity, uh, shout out to Flippity that randomizes the groups. So they couldn't just sit with their bestie, which, which is great, but there's a time and a place just to mix it up and to lift up, up lift up other people through the answers to really good questions. Now that we've been in the academic mindset, Josh, what does this look like in our daily lives? Steph, I'm so glad you asked. I like to ask myself some reflective questions from time to time. And I was looking around on the internet and I found a great uh, resource that we'll also link in the notes here. And they, they chunked these reflective questions into three groups. So if you're just doing this for the first time, and you've never been a person to look back and reflect, you know, some starting questions for you might be something that like, do I use my time wisely? Do I take things for granted? When you start with that kind of chunk, like do I do this? It's just a really easy, easy way to ease yourself into it. You know, you're just talking about your own self, reflecting there. And you can kind of answer those questions and, you know. I think if people were real with, do I use my time wisely? I don't know. That would elicit some really interesting responses. For sure. And, and I think too, sometimes in different stages of your life, you would reflect on that even in different ways. I think that sometimes when you're in high school, you wonder if you're missing out on any opportunities and those types of things. But maybe as you get older, you, you realize I need to take care of myself more. I need to rest more. I need to do this more. Like, I think that those things can look different at different stages of our life. And what's next? What do they continue on with? So once you kind of started at that level, the next step is you start to dig a little bit deeper. And it's, you start to look outside of yourself a little bit. So instead of, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do this? It's something like, who has had the greatest impact on my life? And you start to think about, you know, the world around you because mindfulness is important to be in that moment, but you also have to realize that we're in a, you know, an ocean of, of people and, and all these different things. And so when you start asking yourself a question, like, what is the greatest impact on my life? You can start to think maybe you want to make a change to, to be more like that person or, or something like that. What do you do once you start answering those questions? And so once you start answering those questions, I would start to then move on to kind of the final step. And that is actually journaling. Because at that point, then you're, you're used to asking yourself these questions and you've opened your mind to, to think of these things. The thing about journaling is, is that once you start to write those down, you can look back. So now you can reflect on your reflections, right? And you can see and chart your growth in such a stronger way. And so, you know, a journaling question might be uh, things that you would do if you loved yourself unconditionally, or what always brings tears to your eyes, you know, something like that. And so if you were write that down, and then a month later, look back at it, you can ask yourself, okay, I knew that that's a thing that I would do in that situation. Have I done it? And now you can actually, you know, chart your progress a little bit more. And so I think reflective questions are just so important, not only professional settings, but when we're just kind of looking at our own lives. Steph, before we go, can I throw something at you? Always. So you've heard of FOMO. Correct. Have you heard of JOMO? Does it have something to do with Josh? Ooh, the Josh of missing out is, <laughs> is really, really good. But no, this is the joy of missing out. Okay. And this week we were talking about reflective questions. And so something I would challenge all of our listeners and, and everyone else to think about is, you know, are all these things that we're doing, are you doing them because you're afraid you're going to miss out on something? Or would you actually have more joy in your life 
if you prioritize yourself or just, you know, uh, just some, some time with family and those types of things. Well, hey folks, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please join the conversation by leaving a comment to let us know. Don't forget to subscribe to hear more and please help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Thanks for chatting with me, Josh. Thanks for chatting with me.